from the second reading of Paul's letter, of first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. The first sentence there says, the body is not meant for immorality, says the Lord. The body is not meant for immorality. Who said this? Not Father Vincent, not any human person. So it is God himself who is telling us that this body he has given to us is not meant for immorality. We are trusting the Holy Spirit to take us deeper in this reflection today, to convince us, to be able to touch us more so that we can be convinced to believe this sentence. <laughs> because a vast number of Christians don't believe this sentence. We think that we have the right to have a spray of sexual expression the way we like. But the word of God stands sure and can never be bended. It's very important that for us to understand clearly that we are dealing with what we call the mystery of sin. It's a spirit. It's an energy. It's a power that has great influence on the human person. So you're not just toiling with a habit. It's not a habit. We're not just dealing with a choice. I made a choice. You're not, you didn't make a choice. You are under an energy that uses you. You are a victim, as a matter of fact, in the context we're talking about here. Sex is one of the biggest weapons the enemy uses to hold humanity in bondage. Hold humans captive. So as many who cannot control their libido, which is a sex energy, become victims of this destructive machine of the enemy. We don't care what the society says because the society is already a victim. The society is the domain of darkness. The world is lost. Who are they saved? Who are the ones who have been rescued by the grace of Christ? So we're not the same. We are different. Christians and non-Christians have found themselves entangled in the web of sexual immorality as they have been deceived by the enemy to think that they have to fulfill their desire for sex whenever they want. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26, talks about how the devil has held men captive in their minds. And how does he do that? He does that through what they call auto-suggestion. He makes you speak to yourself in his own terms. You'll be saying, I said, I decide, but you don't know. You are under an energy that's making you to decide what you are deciding, to choose what you're choosing. But behind the scene, he's the one who manipulated you to make that decision. So that's how he deceives men. He holds men captive in their minds. So as you are engaging your rationality, you think you have full control of your mind, but you are not an influence. So Paul writes to Timothy, saying, now, now saying, let us present the truth to men, trusting God for his grace to touch their minds that they will come back to their senses and be saved. Because each time the devil takes hold of the minds of men, they are no longer in their senses. We may say the person is normal, but in the real sense of the word, the person is actually under some kind of diabolical hypnotism. Anyone who wants to live a holy life in this world must abstain, keep away from the sin of fornication or immorality. Immorality is unlawful sex. 
Unlawful to whom? To yourself. Primarily. Then secondly, unlawful to God. What did I say again? Unlawful to yourself. Unlawful sex. The first offender of that action is you. You are actually offending yourself when you engage in sex outside the boundaries that God has given to it. And the second person who is offended is God. We're going to prove that very soon. So we'll now say fornication or immorality is having sex outside the context of marriage. The truth is that sometimes Satan himself knows very well all of us want to have sex. We dream about it. We think about it. We, it comes to our daily consciousness. Struggle with it while we are you know, even reading the word of God and all that. We see it in movies. We see it in the society. We live in a visualized world now where everything is on screen. And we see that displayed blatantly as if it's normal. But it's good that we understand that anytime sex takes place, or rather, first of all, sex is not even a physical activity. Sex is actually a spiritual activity that finds expression in the physical. Sex is what? A spiritual activity that finds expression where? In the physical. That is why Jesus said, if a man lost after a woman, in his mind, he already commits it. That means it has happened in the spirit already. Before it even happens physically. Yes, that's the truth. It's a sickness that will be exposed. It's a sickness that has eaten deep into the fabrics of our humanity. So sex, first of all, takes place in the spirit. By stirring up energies inside of you. That grows into lust. And when you're overwhelmed by that lust, you now go into what? Expression. You start trading that lust. And when there's a perfect commerce that is established, the transaction is carried out. That's why you cannot just, just start having sex for, from nowhere. It must start somewhere inside you. To start in your spirit, engage your emotions, engage your rationality, then your body will now follow suit. So Jesus is not judging by the action only. He judges from where he started. Sex has become a part of us. And thus, many of us struggle with sex and lust. But it is a struggle that we must overcome. We can overcome it and we must what? Overcome it. So as I said, this energy has become what the devil has used to hold human beings in bondage. Anytime the human person loses guard over that precious gift of God, which is the libido. Libido is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Your sexual drives are gifts of God to you. God furnished your members with that. As a matter of fact, if you don't feel, you know, this, uh, whatever they call it, some call it, you don't feel honey, you don't feel, uh, what else again? Eh? You're quiet now. <laughs> You're all quiet now. You don't want to talk again. You know, my own life, I'm not into it, so I don't know. I hear people say it. So help me. Hmm? If you don't feel what? If you don't feel sweet, eh? Uh -huh. uh -huh. You know, if you don't feel all those things, your humanity is not complete. As a matter of fact, it is the crown of creation. It's the crown of humanity. The sexual energy is a crown of humanity. God so loving that even though we express the same thing, even with animals, our own is even quite deeper. That is instinctual. Yes. That is instinctual. Some say, ah, this person is loose as dog. Who told you? Dog is not loose though. Yes. So the beauty of the human person is a sexual energy. We cannot have an aesthetic mentality without a sexual energy. 
The eye of beauty and creativity is rooted in the energy called the libido. That's, the devil. That's why the devil is interested in that energy in your life. Your life is being powered by the energy that comes from there. Yes. If it was nothing, the devil not have time using it for himself. He knows that God has locked up a very powerful energy in our sexuality. That is why he invests in it, uses it, perverts it, then uses it to promote his own kingdom. He knows. So we must understand what the devil is doing. We're not blanketing that sex is bad. Sex by nature is a good thing. It is perverted sex expression that we're talking about today. Perverted what? Sex expression. It is in the expression that we're having issues, not with the reality. It's a dirty water that have invaded this gift that we need to deal with as Christians intelligently with the wisdom of God. It's not something for us to shy away from. We should all be well endowed and knowledgeable in the gift of this energy God has given to us and use it appropriately in advancing our destiny, advancing the word of God, advancing the kingdom of God who has blessed us with it. Shout a big amen. So it's locked up in a mystery called the mystery of sin. And it finds expression in in the book of Genesis chapter 3 from verse 6 down. When the devil was tempting Eve, he said, did God really say that you should not eat of these three? Say appetite. Appetite. Say appetite. Appetite. If you say, hmm, that's what my husband told me, that God said, the devil eat, you shall surely die. The devil said, that is not true. If you eat it, you will not uh, die. And then convince the woman to eat it. And the Bible said, the woman saw it, it was good to eat, it was good to the eyes, and she was rest assured that through it she would gain wisdom. So these three things are articulated as concupiscence, desire, urges, appetite, cravings. They are all rooted in the sexual energy. So the devil took advantage of that energy perverted it for a different purpose. So when Eve partook of it and gave Adam, the Bible says, and they saw they were naked. Anytime this energy is used wrongly, there's a nakedness that comes upon you. There's an emptiness that comes upon you. There's a negation of your life. Something departs from you. Something leaves you. We have been victims of this in many ways. Now sometimes, especially when you go and express yourself outside the context of your marriage, there's a sense of shame you have inside at the back of your mind. There's something about it that you don't want it to be exposed. That's the nakedness we're talking about here. So anytime we satisfy concupiscence, the first thing that happens to us is that we become vulnerable. Vulnerability is, is that reality that exposes you where you are no longer protected, be it spiritually and what? Physically. You become so exposed that dangers can visit you. Even the things that should not naturally come to you to harm you, they will harm you. And in the history of the scriptures, we have seen so many of you know, the children of God who became vulnerable because they yielded themselves to the craving, the desire to express their libido outside the context of God. Samson, a man who will use his hand and pick a gate that's weighing more than 5,000 tons and use the, and, and run up the mountain, was brought down by a woman who consistently kept engaging him in expressing that libido. Until he lost control of himself. He forgot himself. When you supply that libido after the context of where God wants you to do it consistently, it makes you lose your mind. You lose direction. You lose focus. You get distracted. It's good that we understand this. 
for her children, for youths. For those of you who are dreaming to become great in life, you can't be having sexual spray everywhere and expect yourself to arrive at a destination. No way. You will miss your mark. You cannot. We, the elderly ones, who are only regretting for the ones that happened to us who are struggling to come back and you are thinking it's a free door for you. Sorry. You have to fight to keep your energy because your energy is your spiritual eyes. Let me say it again, clear. Your sexual energy is your spiritual eyes. When Samson kept doing what? Violating it over time. The first that happened to him when he was arrested was what? Huh? What was the first they did to Samson when he, they finally captured him? They blinded him. Yes. <laughs> that is what it does to you. When a married man starts dating another woman outside, consistently very soon, he will not even see his wife anymore. His children, he will forget them. That's blindness. When a woman starts holding somebody out there, consistently, you will see one day, she has five children, six children, seven children. She will leave them and throw that man. She will forget them. Is it normal? Is it normal? When the Bible even asks, can a woman leave her breastfeeding baby? That means, is it consistent with her nature? It means she has lost her mind. So it makes us vulnerable. So when they are saying, don't do this, or hold yourself, it's not because they don't want you to be free. Yes, we are free human beings, but everywhere in chains. But the chains is the chain taking you to a, a right direction. Number two, it exposes us to danger. When you get lost in this energy and you lose control, you may not even know when you are going to your death. Many people have lost their lives in the quest to satisfy this urge. In our current generation, it's becoming more, more precarious, more frequent. Of recent again, it was the case of a young girl who saw somebody on the internet and decided to visit that person. And now it's her body was seen. Many have destroyed themselves all because they want to express themselves. They forget it's not just a physical expression, but what, not like what, it's a spiritual entanglement. Anytime you have sex, there are, there are spiritual emphasis being laid behind the scene. You are exchanging spirits. You are exchanging soul materials. Yes, that is a reality. So it exposes to danger because you don't know everybody, especially those who are victims of physical beauty who lack the heart of discernment to know what is inside somebody when you see the person. Oh, I like her shape. Oh, I like his muscles. You are being deceived. You are in a pews. Some even married based on external beauty. And now in their marriage, they are receiving blows every morning from that handsome man that has muscle and five packs. Is it five packs or six packs? And they want to know it's five packs. Oh, I love this man. Look at his shape. You married a man with shape, but now he's punching you every day. And you're afraid to tell outside, oh, please, this is my handsome husband. This is what he's doing to me. You are dying in silence because he didn't deserve properly. You become a victim of your lust. Likewise, too. A young man saw a woman so beautiful. Oh, she's the beauty of my life. You married her. Now she's scraping your head every day. To come back home is a problem. You have a beautiful wife, but you cannot come back home. Because you know that when you come back home, fire will face you. And you're dying in silence. May God give us the courage to break away from the deception of loss and libido in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Number three. It makes your destiny confusing. The more you have immoral sex, the more you lose focus. You don't even know where, which direction you will go. Today, you are trying right. Tomorrow, you are facing left. Next, tomorrow, you say, I don't understand myself again. When you don't understand yourself, it means something fundamental has happened to you. Watch well men who have gone far in life. Notable. They battled with this energy. 
at one stage in their life, they conquered. They continued conquering, even though they could be victims, but sparingly. But those who are completely you know, engulfed in it, forget it. No matter where life places you, you are coming down. Yes. Likewise to women. Amen. So it makes you lose focus of your destiny. It blinds you from hearing the voice of God and the voice of destiny. You just sit and say, oh, I'm okay. But you are, you know, you're okay until you know why you are here. Many Christians say, I don't hear the voice of God. Check well. One of the things that kills the voice of God in the heart of a child of God is what? This energy. When you express this energy so much, your antenna in the spirit becomes dwarfed. The Bible says it's not that his hand is too short. No, his eye is too blind. No, he is too deaf to hear your prayers. But what? Your sin has caused a separation. That's the terminology they used. But the reality is that your sins have blinded you from hearing him. So how do we do with, deal with this issue? That has become a societal issue, a family issue. And we see, even though it's a gift of God, but has become the major instrument of destruction today in marriages, in families, among our children, among youths, in offices, in places of work, in businesses, because of what? The lose of libido, sexual energy. How do we do it as Christians? Number one, we must first realize that we are all humans. We are not angels. And God has given us this gift. It's a gift. Say it's a gift. Say it's a gift. Say my sexual energy. Why are you saying so slow? Like this, huh? Say it when I say my social energy is a gift of God to me. And I'm proud of it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Can you say it more loudly? Let me hear you. Uh-huh. The gift of God in me. Again, everybody, I'm looking at your mouth now. You see, we shy away from it. And that's the very thing that is Weeping us every day, causing confusion. If you check 90% of our spiritual problems, they are, they are linked to this energy. The loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes. Yes. The loss of the flesh and loss of the eyes. So we must accept our own human beings and we live in a time where the impact of the fall of man in that area is affecting us. So you have to acknowledge that. Yes, I'm human. I have this thing. I is in me. You can't fast it out. You can't pray it out. Some, they just feel the energy for nothing. They start praying and fasting. Oh God, take this away from me. If he takes it away from you, you become a goat or a dog. You will not have human feelings anymore. You will have animal feelings. It's a gift that you should master, not a gift that you make you what a victim. You should not be a victim to the gift given to you. You should be a master over it. And so it is that mastery that we must grow into. Every child of God, when you are called to the family of God, you begin a journey of reversing what Adam did by growing back to be a master over your emotions, master over your soul, master over your urges, and determine where they go. Shout a big amen. amen. Number two. David was saying Psalm 119, how can the young remain sinless? He grew up in a society that was predominantly sexualized too. A time when once you are stepping to royalty, what they use in welcome is, you know, mirrors of women around you. You remember when he conquered Goliath? On his way coming back. Huh? He saw how women were praising him. They were singing, saw killing thousands, eh? But David has killed in what? Tens of thousands. So you cannot be in the midst of that kind of thing and not feel that you are now having permission to do whatever you like. And David battled with it as a child of God growing very well, as a man who was after the heart of God. And then at the point, he had to ask the question, how can the young remain sinless? How can a Christian remain sinless? 
How can a, a child of God overcome this? He says, through your word. Because the, the first start to changing and overcoming this reality is that you have to change your mindset. How do you see sex? Do you see sex as an opportunity for you to express your feelings? What is the value attached to sex? What is your motive to engage into sex? What is the drive you have? What is pushing you into it? If it's just for pleasure, sorry, you are finished. If it's just for pleasure, to feel good, you are finished. You are a slave. And the devil will take advantage of that expression to hurt you. He will engage it against you. You see the point? But David now had to understand that he had to change his mindset through the word of God. He battled with it. Even as he grew and became a king, that same battle was there. He fell again. And when he fell, he repented and came back again. It's a struggle of us must face. But we cannot say because it's of our women, we give up on it. Some have given up. May you not give up in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Don't give up. If you give up, you will not take the position of Esau, whose soul is birthright to satisfy his appetite. He said, give me the portion of uh, porridge. Let me eat it. You can take my birthright. And eventually, Esau died from that day. He never had any heritage anymore because he satisfied himself to the detriment of the greatness that God has ordained him to be. The Bible said the portion of the firstborn son is a double portion. He relinquished it to satisfy his appetite for that moment. How many times God has blessed us and has ordained us for greatness, but we sell it out under the platform of satisfying our urges. There are three urges that the devil engages that are so powerful in the human, human system that the devil engages against us if you don't master it. The first one is sleep. You must be a slave to drowsiness. You can sleep, but there's what they call drowsiness. Where you will sleep and sleep and sleep and sleep and sleep all the time you are just sleeping. You're not conscious. In your dreams, they conquer you. They serve you food in the dream you eat. A woman now shows up in a dream, you have sex. Somebody comes with a candy dream, you just enter. You have no control of your sleep. That's why you are a slave in that realm. It's a spiritual realm. Jesus, men ought to pray and watch. You have to let to be awake even while you sleep. It's a training you must give yourself. Number two is food. Some have made their belly their God. They cannot sacrifice a small meal. Anytime food comes, there is something that happens to them. They become agitated. You don't dare deny them any food their eyes have, have seen. They are always craving for food. They don't give them food, they can kill you because of that. And the third one is what? Is sex. These three things, you must master it. This is where concupiscence oppresses so much. The devil engages it. First of all, he will deal with you in the realm of sleep. He conquers you there, he conquers the realm of food. Once he has conquered these two in your area, in your life, know that sex is a written over. That's why if you want to grow in that area, you must deal with these two things spiritually as God's push out a big amen. So you must grow in the word of God to change your mentality. Romans 12 from verse 1. Say, brethren, offer your very selves as living sacrifice. You can't offer yourself if you don't know the word of God. You can't see yourself as an altar if you don't know the word of God. So what Paul is saying, offer your, this body as a second altar. This is the first one where Jesus comes down and then he enters your body, which is the living temple. Then you make this body an altar. An altar is not for what? Blood. Sacrifice. There is no altar that doesn't have sacrifice placed on it. Be it in the demonic, be it in God. True of us. True of us. Any altar, for that altar to be a vital altar, a living altar, blood must flow. And that blood is significant of what? Sacrifice. So if your body is also an altar of God, then it means you must offer yourself. When you offer yourself, the pains you feel from not exercising and expressing yourself is the what the sacrifice that comes out of you like an incense unto God. Shout a big amen. amen. So that's why he's saying in the second reading, he says, and God raised the Lord Jesus and also raised, uh, raised us up by his power. Do you not know that your body are members of Christ? 
he who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. So he has his shown immorality. For every sin a man commits is outside his body. But the sin of immorality is what? Is both against the man and everything he does. You see, it's a double-edged sword. It kills you and destroys everything around you. You may not see it immediately. But this time you are getting to it. Something is being destroyed, but you don't know. Yes. That's a secret. As you get into it, something is being something is going. You won't see it. Adam didn't know that eating that apple will destroy a generation of humanity that will be born. Simple pleasure of apple. He sold his entire generation. If you had a small vision to see the consequence of eating the apple that day, and God showed him, look at your descendants, look at what they No one can come to the Father except by me. How did he prove this? Others died. They are seeing their graves today. But Jesus died and what? He rose already. In history. So that's the proof that he is the authentic one. Everyone can exist. But he has said it. And we shall all one day see the manifestation of that glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So grow in the word of God. So what we're talking about growing in the knowledge of God's word. People don't understand. There's something reading the Bible does to you. Let me say it again. There is something perusing through scriptures. Just read, go through it, be familiar with the story is there. Over time, there is something it does to you. There is something that happens to you. It has an energy that influences your life, tames you, quenches the hunger and the appetite to sin. It makes it change your mentality. It's a powerful instrument. I'm telling you. I have seen men who change their life was completely changed because of their what? Their assiduous addiction to reading scriptures. Because it's a mirror. The more you look at it, the more you are transformed into the image you see there. Oh, I wish the church would understand this. Jesus said the words I've given to you, they are what? They are spirits. They are life. So the more you peruse through scriptures, you are interacting with spirits, unseen spirits. You are interacting with a life beyond you. Over time, there's a superimposition. That life starts taking over. Divinity will come alive. Humanity will start dying.
I don't enjoy it. And you talk about it before you know it. And say, which one will I deliver my life so that I can move forward? Because sometimes some of the things that happen to us is the kind of friends we have. What company do you keep? In your college of friends, you are the only Christian. All of them are all Wazubia human beings. Once they see you, they first they, are, they say it's all about their own culture. Oh, you are beautiful. Oh, have you expressed yourself? Oh, how did you feel? All those things. Over time, before you know, you forget yourself. You say you are going to convert them. You are not finished converting yourself. You want to convert them. Mind your friends. Anybody who does not add value, not just ordinary value, eternal value in your life, please put the person where? In the incinerator. Does be. And continue your life. As a matter of fact, you cannot keep the friends you kept when you were seeing the world. As you are a Christian now, your friends should not be such people. You can relate with them on the intellectual level and know your level. But not that they become so close to you, you share your secrets with them, they know you're going, they know you're coming. No, you won't go far. You won't go far. As human beings, we are social beings, and what... And what that means is that we need each other. We need to socialize in order to survive. However, we have to make a choice of our friends wisely. Do not be deceived. Bad company. Eh? Does what? Corrupts, ruins good morals. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, verse 33. Similarly, iron sharpness iron. And one man sharpens another. Proverbs chapter 27. Verse 17. Number what now? Number four. Don't allow your peers to push you to have sex. In other words, don't allow others to decide for you. In the journey of life, don't allow others to decide for you. You didn't plan to get involved. They now tell you, no, 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 you can try it. As if you are not a person of your own. So men who, who are unfaithful in their, in their marriages will have friends and when they find one who is still innocent, they can easily know. They say, ah, the way where they see you, you are saying, I, uh, my only wife is still a fellow. You never, yeah, I never open, yes, go and sit down, you're a Jew man. <laughs> they say, try it and see. Try it first and see. And then you feel somehow, there's this code that will come upon you as a man. If you are there, you are trying to show that out. You feel somehow. And they start talking about their escapades. What happened? What happened? Before you know it, you can't be strong because you have not built yourself. As you are driving home, all the pictures of people you have seen before and you have pushed them around, you start bringing them back and start them again. I say, I will try this for once. Say sorry. sorry. They have influenced you already. And then when things start happening, you say, I don't know what happened to me. You see, that means you lost your senses that day. Likewise, women too. They say in this generation, do you need to be faithful to your husband? Oh, sorry. Mary, well done. Only Joseph. You will roast. They will say words that will make you feel as if you are not a full-fledged woman. And the next thing is, even though I'm a Christian, I'm still with my husband, at least I can still warm my body. And then you start giving room to things. Your heart start cutting. From that day, you accepted that thought. Your heart start cutting. Then you grow in it. It becomes an issue. Before you know it, from nowhere, trouble upon trouble. And then when you are entangled, you are trying to solve the problem, and this one is busy distracting you. You are caught in between. May God deliver us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Number what now, five? Feast your mind upon the things of God. Get into devotions. Help things. Bring things that will feed your mind properly. Read spiritual books. 
Read motivational books that will build stamina in your, your mind, mental stamina. Build books that are positive, not negative books. Don't read immoral books. Don't watch immoral movies. Don't say you're matured. You're not matured. They are dumping things in your mind. And whatever enters your mind will control your life. Your mind is so powerful. Don't joke with it. Your mind does not even belong to you. Most of the things that enter your mind are from outside. And when they come in, they build systems. And then before you know it, you are a victim of the system inside. You are only a slave to start acting out what is in your mind. So feed your mind positively. There should be a deliberate and conscious attempt to always block things that will corrupt your mind. Anywhere you stumble on them. On the screen anywhere. On the television, on your this. Don't say I'm too mature. Even they sense their old age, they still maintain it. Paul say, he who thinks he's strong, eh? he who thinks he's strong should be careful lest he falls. You can't be strong enough. There are days they call your resolute days. The days that you become so vulnerable that you don't remember anything again. And that's the day the devil comes. And he's yourself doing imaginable things. May God deliver us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Number, number what? Some say six. Okay, number six. If you have discovered that you have this as an issue that is bothering so much, seek a spiritual director as a Christian. Don't die with it. First, if you feel that you're okay, it's something that you need to deal with, you can go and meet a sex therapist who will help you. Then, as you grow, you can seek a direction for a spiritual director who will help you, who will counsel you, who will help you spiritually to build a positive energy that will bring you out of it. Don't think you can do it. Some will declare seven days fasting. At that day, they end their fasting, they go back again. Some will go into vigorous prayers. After they finish the prayer, that week again, something will happen. And before you know, they, get, they, they, they give up. They say, this sin, I'm to live with it. You are not meant to live with it. You can come out of it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And then lastly, number seven, you have to learn to be prayerful. There are two things here. You cannot be very prayerful, this type of prayer we're talking about, and seek continuing that act of sin. No, it's not possible. The type of prayer that transforms your body. You know, when you begin to grow in prayer, you come to a point where you don't come to God with lists anymore. You don't write lists and say, God, I'm asking for them. No, 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 no. You have grown beyond that level. Is a realm of communion. At that realm of communion, where you're offering yourself, your prayer will start affecting you. You can feel it in your body. You can feel it in taming you. Anybody who transact this type of prayer life can never freely sell his body to anybody, be it a man or a woman. It will take some time. So grow in that kind of prayer. The more you pray, the more you gather spiritual and mental energy and emotional energy to resist all forms of abuse, all forms of sexual inordinate desires. And then finally, brother, please, can you place on the screen for us? Let's just read uh, Proverbs chapter 7 to help us to articulate our reflection today. And then we're going to pray, asking the Holy Spirit to reconsecrate us again. He said, my son, don't worry. When he said my son, he means my daughter, okay? Don't feel jealous. Mm -hmm. My son, Keep my words. Is that? Okay. Keep my words. Let them up. Let up my commands with you. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Keep my commandments and live. And my laws as the apple of your eyes. Uh -huh. Continue. Fast, fast, fast. Bind them upon their fingers. Write them upon the tablets of your hearts. Mm -hmm. Sort of wisdom. You are my sister. Wisdom from where? Wisdom from the word of God. Okay, and call understanding from God what your king's woman. All right, continue. Mm -hmm. That they may keep you free, they may keep you from what the strange woman and the strange man. Okay, they are all strangers. Okay, from what the stranger which flatters with what with her words or with his words. Go ahead. You know, it starts with West. Every John in that area starts with West. Okay. For at the window of my house, I looked through the, the, my casement, uh -huh, and behold, among the simple ones, I discern among the youths a young man, void of understanding. He's describing a spiritual journey of a man who was just moving and then became a victim of what we're talking about here. 
Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Verse 8. Passing through the street near her corner, and he went away, went to the way to her house. Uh-huh. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and the dark night. Mm-hmm. And behold, they met him, a woman, with the attire of what? A harlot. And subtle of what? Heart. Which other uh, personality was the word sought to use in the scriptures? Huh? Serpent, the devil. So you can see that same word again used, subtle of heart. That means there's something going on here. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Verse 11. Okay, 10. Go back to 10. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And behold, they met him. Oh, I've read this already. Go to verse 11. She's loud and stubborn. Her, fle- her feet abide not in her house. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Now is she without, now in the street, and light in wait at every corner. Mm-hmm. So she caught him and kissed him, and with an impudent face said unto him, mm-hmm, I have peace offerings with me this day. I have paid my vows. Which vows now? Which vows? Everybody you see moving around has vows in their heart. You don't know whether good vows or bad vows. Be it the heart of any man that you meet, they have made a vow. Be it the heart of every man you meet, is a vow in their heart. Only the spiritual can see it. Only God in heaven can see it. That woman that killed Samson, it's not the same thing. She vowed now. Mm-hmm. But the Samson know that that woman had vowed to kill him. The girl that was killed of recent, <coughs> of recent. Did she know that that man was going to kill her? No. Let's continue. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Therefore, come I, come, I forth to meet you. Delight in seeking thy face. Mm-hmm. Therefore, come forth, I meet you. Delightly to seek thy face, and I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestries, with carved wood, with fine linens of Egypt. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I have perfumed my bed with mirrors, alloys, and cinnamon. Mm. Come, let us take, a, take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with what? Loves. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. For the good man is not at home. He is gone a long journey. He had taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Everybody now read. Want to go ahead? With her much fierce she caused him to yield. You see the point? With what again? With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He got after her straight away as an ox goes to the slaughter. You see how God has described it? That journey is a journey of what? Slaughter. Of who now? The woman or the man? Good. Uh-huh. Or as a what? To the correction of the stocks. Let's continue. Uh-huh. Till a dart strikes through his liver. Mm-hmm. As a bird hastens to the snare. And knoweth not that it is his life. Hagen unto me now therefore, O children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Let not thy heart incline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths, for she has cast down many wounded. Is it true? Uh-huh. Yeah, many strong men have been slain by her. Mm-hmm. Her house is the way to hell. How can somebody's house be the way to hell? <laughs> How can a house be a way to hell? Now, wow. Going down to the what? Wow. <laughs> Verse 8. Do not wisdom cry. You have stepped on that one. You have chapter 8. So, the people of God, the word of God has come to us. We have seen it. So, we have to increase our what? Our fight to remain pure. It's a struggle that is difficult, but we cannot give up. We shall not give up in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And so right now in your heart, we are going to pray. Endlessly. Oh God, help me. Oh God, help me to do this myself. Oh God, help me in this country. Strength my will again to be strong in this light. To always remain pure. Don't be a victim of immorality. Don't be a victim of fornication. Of all those who are 
the end we are strengthened and our hearts are open. In this month of faith, we cannot serve God when our bodies are what victims of immorality. Our faith will never be It will torture us. It will lose us. Let us stand anything and say, Lord, I receive strength today. I receive strength today. I will not be on that path to hell. I will not be on that path to destruction. I will not give the devil anything. So he said, I come to you, O God, and I return my heart. Help me, O God, for my hand. On my own, I can do nothing. For with you, all things are possible. Holy Spirit, I come to you. Consecrate me. Touch my heart again. Touch my spirit. That's the way I like my mind right now. And the Holy Ghost has to come to my hand. Yes, it's not easy. You may not be convinced about the government in there. Holy Spirit, consecrate my heart. Help me to come out of this family. Help me to come out of this simplicity. Help me to come out of this that come a bondage in my life. It has given me up. My conscience is smeared every day. Full of guilt. Full of deception. I have tried to act against it. I use my act against it to kill me. I use myself violence. I go to help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. On this day I come to you, Lord. Help me. Break the chains of immorality. Break the chains of adultery. Break the chains of sexual perversity. Break the chains of masturbation. Break the chains of all forms of sexual expression that are illicit towards your face. May your presence saturate my heart today, oh Lord. I don't want to live here the same place again. Help me, help me, help me. There's no gain in it. There's no gain. But I can't come out. I need your help. I need your help. Holy Spirit, bring upon us your fire of transformation, your fire of grace, your fire of strength. Holy Spirit, build in our hearts again stronger arguments to keep the values of purity, the values of chastity, the values of walking in the path of God, keeping ourselves holy every time. Holy Spirit, you know you are the one that you are holy. Without you, we cannot be holy. On this day, even as your word has come, as we are beginning the year, may 2024 not be a year that be ravaged by this spirit anymore. Our hearts are stretched towards you. Oh, help us, oh God. Help our youth. Help our parents. Help our single brothers and sisters. On this day, Father, there will be a vista that will be open. That the energy that will come and give us the strength we need. Because when that strength comes, we will have the courage. And when the courage comes, we will stand erect. We will stand for you and defend everybody that is in our hearts. We will be standing for one minute.